This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We would turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we are, are again concluding the Sermon on the Mount with Matthew chapter 7, and we've entitled this message, this series, uh, The Summation of the Matter. So, I mean, the whole thing, uh, um, um, the whole thing is a series, but my portion of this we have, 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 have titled The Summation of the Matter. So in Matthew chapter 7, we're going we're gonna to review, as we, as we read, we're going to do a short review as we go through. So let's start reading at verse 1 in Matthew chapter 7. And the scripture reads, Judge not that ye be not judged. For what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured unto you, uh, unto you again. And why beholdest? Well, well, let's stop there. Let's stop there for a second. So in these two verses, we saw uh, um, the topic of and what God is talking to us about the judgmental and the hypocritical attitude. We see ju- the judgmental and the hypocritical attitude. And so we said that there is a difference. It says, judge not that ye be not judged. So it's, it's, it, it, what I was trying to get across to you is that there's a difference in judging people and then judging situations. So we have to judge situations. We have to judge circumstances. But we are not to judge people. But what we are to do is that we are to examine people. And I said that, that there's a difference. There's a difference between judging someone and then examining their lives. And we want, don't want to get into the business. We, we can't get into the business. It's not, it's not our business to judge people. But we are to judge situations and we are to judge circumstances so that we can figure out and find out and and, and decide what we need to do in those times. So we did talk about that. And then let's go to verse 3. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly how to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. And so here we talked about about uh, um, the the idea and the attitude of being hypocritical in our judgment, even in our examination, that we need to be fair. We talked about uh, uh, holding others to a higher standard or a, a, a higher being being more stricter, having a stricter judgment, having a stricter examination of others when we have this big beam in our eyes. But we want to, we, you know, we, we try to make ourselves look good by pointing out the faults of others. We make ourselves look good or try to make ourselves look good by, by, by pointing out the faults in others. And, and it tells us, and it didn't, it didn't even say, it didn't say, it didn't say that you couldn't help your brother. It didn't say if you see them in the fault that you should not uh, help them. But remember what I said, that you have to be, you have to be spiritually correct yourself in order to do that. 
I said we, we said that the, the spiritual person is the one that can go to someone and to, to help them through their faults. If you got faults on your own, there's no way that you can help somebody else. There's no way that you can help somebody. As a matter of fact, God is not even talking to you about somebody else's faults and how to help them if you have faults. He, all he wants to do first is to help you get through your faults. That's what he wants to do. He wants to help you change your thoughts, help you get out of that sin, whatever that is and that you're in, that you're tired of. Whatever it is that he has you and he, you're at fault at, he wants to get that from you first. He wants to help you get through that before you are able to do somebody else or to help somebody else. So he, he didn't say that you couldn't. He just said, get that moat out of your, uh, not that moat. He said, get that beam out of your own eye first. That's what he said. And so then we, we come down to verse 6 and it says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under feet and turn again and rend you. So here we talked about having a balance of discernment, balancing love with a discernment. We talked about not giving that which is holy, God's holy word. We're not, we can't give it to those who don't want it. We can't give it to those who don't want to listen to it. We can't give it to those who don't want to hear it. We don't want, we can't, and I said, and I said it could be an unbeliever or it could be a believer. We don't want to give, we wanna, don't want to waste our time trying to give the word of God to those who just want to rend it. Who just want to question everything that we got to say. That, you know, then you have those folks that just, they just want to, they just want to debate the Bible. We're not, we know, we are not, don't cast your, listen, your pearls, your pearls, those are, the pearls, that is wisdom. That is godly wisdom. Do not cast your pearls. Do not cast your pearls against that. So he's saying, be wise and discerning. Be wise and discerning. We don't want to waste our time. I told you, we have to discern having, judging between what is good and what is better. What is better from what is best. That's what we have to do. And I said, yes, uh, 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 giving someone the word, God wants us to because we have the ministry. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So we know that, that we're supposed to minister the word. But if someone doesn't want to hear it, we cannot waste our time. We cannot waste our time. So you have to have a discerning spirit. I told you that. That you need to ask God for judgment, for good judgment. On when it's time to let someone loose, when it's time to minister to them, and when it's time to just let it go. And then we talked about, about, uh, about uh, uh, that time and that season. So if you find yourself, after you've discerned and you've spiritually discerned, and you find that, that it's time, if God has said, okay, no, it's time. It's time for you to be silent. We see that we, see, we get that straight from his example. Because we saw between Malachi and Matthew that there, were, there was a span of 400 years that he did not speak to the Israelites. A span of 400 years. He was silent. But what I did tell you, that even in his silence, although he was not talking to him, talking to, to them directly, talking to them, I said that he was still working on their behalf. He was working in the background. So he didn't, he didn't just throw them away. He didn't throw them away. So we don't just throw away people just because they don't want to hear the gospel. Because God, when we pray, I said, we are working. I told you that we sometimes we can't labor with people. Some people we label with, right? When we know that they are trying, when we know that they are attempting to get their lives right, we label with them. But then there are others that we don't label with, but we just label for. 
and we labor through prayer. And when we labor through prayer, we understand and we trust and we believe that as we are praying, when we pray for them, we are praying that the Lord will open up the, uh, allow, allow the enemy, just let them go just for a minute, just, just long enough for that seed to penetrate. We, we, we are, we are praying that, that God will send laborers His way. Those who are filled with the Spirit of God. Those that they trust. Those that they may respect. Anybody, whoever. Anything or anybody that they will be able to receive from. That is what we are ministering. That is what we're praying for. So we're working in the background. We may be silent to them. We may not say anything to them. But we're still working. We're not throwing nobody away. We're still working in the background. We are laboring for them. Then that brings us to verse 7. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. I don't know about you, but this scripture I love. And it is so, it has so much hope built into it. It has hope built. It has trust built into it. It has. It, has, it just has so much. So, so we're gonna pick up. We're gonna pick up right here. And I told you that that in in this it would not hurt because it says ask and it says seek and it says not. I told you that it will not hurt this scripture. And, and this is this is the progressing the progressing of prayer. The pro- progressing of asking. It says ask. So that means we pray, and it shall be given. It says seek. That means pray often and ye shall find. And then it says knock. That means to pray with sincerity and with sincereness and it shall be open. I love that. Pray and it shall be given you. Pray often and ye shall find. Pray with sincerity and seriousness. And it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh, that prayeth, receiveth. And he that prayeth often findeth. And to him that pray seriously and earnestly, it shall be open. It shall be open. We talked about uh, asking, that first verse. Ask and it shall be given. We went through some scriptures to see uh, where it talks about asking. Where it talked about asking. And we're going we're gonna to pick up kind of right here. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21, a few pages over. And the scripture reads in Matthew 21 and verse 22. And all things whatsoever... Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Now, and as we, let me put a pin right there. Because as we go through these scriptures tonight, as we go through, I want you to make note. As we go through the scriptures, we're talking about asking, we're talking about prayer, we're talking about receiving, we're talking about the door opening. So as we go through these scriptures, I want you to make note of, make note of, what is being given when it says it? Make note of what is being supplied when it says it. Make note of what's being granted when it says it in the scripture. Make note of that. So keep that at the very forefront of your mind as we go through these scriptures. So again, Matthew 21, verse 22. And all things 
Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Okay? Turn to verse, to chapter, to, uh, to John. So whatever you shall ask in prayer, ye shall receive. Turn to John chapter 14. <laughs> John chapter 14. Now don't get too excited. I mean, I want you to be excited about asking and receiving, but don't get too excited because there's something that's required of you first. So let's look at John chapter 14 and let's look at verse 13. It says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, it will I will do it. And, you know, and that amazes me that right after that verse, but, but look, let me, you know what? Let's go to verse 12. Let's read verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also the works that I do. He shall do also and greater works then these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Then he says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Again, back to back. Back to back. This is, this, this is showing how serious Jesus is. This is how serious he is about what he says, about his word. This is how serious. And then this is why we can take it to the bank. When Jesus says it, you can take that to the bank. Turn to, no, we're not going to go there. We're going to say that. Turn to James chapter 1. This is in James. James chapter 1. Let's look at this in verse James 1. And let's look at this in verse 5 and 6. James 1, 5 and 6. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Remember what I said. Also make note of what's being given. Also make note of what's being granted. Also make note of what's being supplied. Because that is important. That's important. So then we went to who can ask. So turn back to Matthew. So turn, you know, you remember to keep your, your, your ribbon here in Matthew chapter 7 because we're bound to come back to that. But also turn to Matthew chapter 15. So we're going back to Matthew 7, yes, but then we're also going to go to Matthew 15. So hold your ribbon in Matthew chapter 7 and let's run over to Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to start reading at verse 21. We read this scripture last week. We're going to just 
do a reminder here. Verse 21. Then Jesus went hence. Am I right? Yes. Uh, 15 and 21. Then Jesus went hence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. For she crieth after us. But he answered, Jesus, he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And you know what? And I can just imagine that she said that boldly, that she said that loudly. She was like, Listen, I said, Lord, help me. Help me because I need your help. I need to, I understand what you say. Because, but remember, he answered, he answered the disciples and he says, I am not come. He, listen, he was not, he was not rejecting her. The message that he was trying to give, he was trying to say, look, the healing belongs to the children. He's saying that there are certain promises that, that, that asking, asking and receiving, that belongs to the children. That's what he was telling her. That belongs to the children. But, Keep a pen right there because we're going to come back. We're going to come back to that in just a second because that's significant. That's significant because, look, this, this is what he said. He says, but he answered her and said, it is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. It's not me for me to give what is children, what, what belongs to the children, what's a part of the salvation plan. That's not, it's, that, it's, not, it's not for me to give that to dogs. Those dogs, meaning those who, 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 who don't have the unsaved, the unclean. That's what he meant. And so, so then he says, look, verse 28. Verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. See, God will have mercy upon whom he have mercy upon. You know, he will do that because he's God. But listen, it don't always come that way. It don't always come that way. See, who is asking? Am I jumping ahead of myself? Uh, not quite, not quite. So, so, so technically, anybody can ask. Anybody can ask, technically. But the question is, who will receive? Anybody can ask. But who will receive? Now, again, I just said that God will be merciful unto whomever he wants to be merciful to. And that's fine. And that's fine. Listen. Even with us, even as believers, what do we do? We're going to take care of those who are in the household of faith first. We're going to take care of them. But listen, you've got to be merciful to those who are not in the kingdom. How will they ever experience the love of God? How will they ever experience? And listen, I, guarantee, I can just see that this woman, she says, oh, I understand, I understand, I understand. That, 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 she said, but, she said, but, I understand, but, but, even dogs, they eat whatever is fallen, look, whatever's left over. 
<laughs> I'll feed them whatever's left over. And so we have people in our lives, we have, you know, those who are not saved that are in our lives that we come in contact with. Look, they, they don't even know. They don't even, they don't even know to ask all the time. And then sometimes the unsaved, that, you know, like I said, those who, who call themselves Christian, they call themselves Christian, but they don't live the Christian life. They don't, they have, they show no, they show, they show no signs, no demonstration. No signs and no demonstration of having accepted the Lord as their Savior because they keep the label of Christian, but they do any and everything that they did before they said that they accepted Christ. They, they, they did everything that they, they, they did. And, and so, listen, and so, so they think that they can just ask because they, they carry the name of Christian, that at some point they, they may have professed Christ. But that scripture is more than that. It says what? It says those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, they shall be saved. And believing we know, believing denotes that if I believe it, I've accepted it. And if I've accepted what God has done, then my life should line up with what I believe. If I believe that, he's, that he has saved me from my sin, I should live like he has saved me from my sin. <laughs> if I believe that I'm going to heaven one day, then I should live like I'm going to heaven one day. And that's all, it is all in the scripture. All in Matthew. What we should do to inherit the kingdom. It's all in the scripture. So if we're not lining our lives up with this, listen, I don't care what you say. And you can ask. You can ask. But who shall receive? We're going to give this to you, then we're going to chase it, like my pastor said. We're going give to give this to you, then we're going to chase it. So what is the guideline for receiving what you ask? What is the guideline? For receiving what you ask. Before we get into that, first we want to say that asking, asking, it means making a formal request. It has to be a formal request. You have to ask. Make a formal request. Make a petition. Ask. And then it says, ask, verse, uh, Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it shall be given. It shall be given. What is given? Given means granted. Given means being supplied necessary things. Given. Given means furnished. Given means delivered. Given means entrusted. Given. So, what is the guideline for receiving what you ask? A, you must ask. Oh, what a concept. To receive... You first must ask. Number two, what is a guideline? Number one, you must ask. Number two, you must ask in faith. Simple. You must ask. You must ask in faith. Number three, you must ask with the proper motive. One, you must ask. Two, you must ask in faith. Three, you must ask with the proper motive 
and four, you must ask when you obey. Guideline for receiving, obedience. The guideline for receiving, obedience. Hold on, we're going to come back to it because I got one more. Number five, the guideline for receiving. Number five is you need to ask with his will as your guide. What is the guideline for receiving? One, you ask. Two, ask in faith. Three, ask with the proper motive. Four, obey. Be obedient. And number five, you have to ask with his will as your guide. Now, we're going to chase that. We're going to chase it. Number one, you must ask. Turn to James chapter four. James chapter four. And again, I know a lot of you, you know, I've been in the way a long time. I've been, you know, I've, I've been born again. I've been praying a long time. And you're trying to tell me how to ask and how to receive. But listen, hold on. You might learn something. You might learn something. James chapter one. No, I'm sorry. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, let's look at verse 2. And the scripture reads. Can I start there? Uh-huh. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have. And cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. Yet ye have not. Because ye ask not. Verse 3, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. But the very, the middle part of, of that, the middle part of that, ye have not because ye ask not. So simple. Ye have not because you ask not. Turn to Matthew chapter 21. That's so simple. And we see already have already seen in the scriptures where God, God has said it in, in, in the Old Testament. He said ask. In the New, in the New Testament, uh, uh, in, in the, the, the Gospels, we see that, that Jesus is saying it. Ask. We see it in James. We see it in John. It's written all over the scriptures that you first need to ask. In Matthew chapter 21. Let's look at Matthew chapter 21. And let's look at verse 22. And the scripture reads, And all things, whosoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. And believing. So he said, this, this, this tells me this is something different, right? This goes beyond. It says, ask. But then it says, ask, and when you ask, you need to believe. Ask, you shall ask in prayer, believing. That which you ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. So you have to ask, and you have to ask in faith. Look at John chapter 14. This is Bible study. Line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. And we're going to walk through these scriptures because I want you to see. I want you to have, just like Pastor said, we want you to have a firm foundation in what you believe. A firm foundation. We want you to be confident. We want you to be confident. John chapter 14. 
Let's look at verse 13. And the scripture reads, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Put a pen right there too because we are coming back to that. Number three. Ask with the proper motive. Go back to James chapter Go back to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. We just read it, I know, but let's go back there anyway. Just follow me. James chapter 4. We find it. James chapter 4. There we go. And going back to verse 2. Ye lust and ye have not. Ye kill, ye desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because you ask not. That's number one, we said that. Ye ask, and you receive not, because ye, what? You ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. So if you've been asking for things, so now you've got to examine. Let's examine that. If I have not received what I have been asking, it could possibly be that I am asking amiss. It could possibly be that I am asking for something that God is not in the business of giving. I could be asking for something that God is not in the business of supplying. I could be asking something from God that he is not in the business of granting. That's possible. That's very possible. He says, why? You see here in the scripture, he says that ye may, you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your what? Your lust. God is not in the business. He is not in the business of granting the desires of our hearts when it comes to our lust. He is not in the business of supplying what is going to satisfy our lust. God is not in that business. He is not in that business. He is not in the business of giving you everything you need so that you can get everything that you want. That is not, he is not in that business. He is not in the business of filling up your bank account because this is going to make you feel good and it's just going to allow you to do whatever it is that you, he is not in that business. He is not in the business of giving you houses and cars and diamond rings and, and he's not, he is not in that business. He is not in that business. You got to work to get what you want. He's not in the business of granting those things. Listen. Oh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Just keep a pen right there. I know you're trying to keep I got a lot of pens going on. Yeah, you do. Just hold on to them. Just hold on because we're we coming. We're we, we, we coming full circle in just a minute. Just give me a second. Look at James chapter 1. We already in James, just a few pages over. James chapter 1, let's look at verse 5. Remember what I said in the beginning? What are we supposed to be looking for? We're supposed to be looking for things that God is granting. I just gave you a whole list of things that God is not granting because we, you know, we're consuming it upon our lust. But let's look. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, <laughs> let him ask. Let him pray. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and unbraideth not, 
and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Let him not. So what is God in the business of giving? Right here we see that God is in the business of giving wisdom. Oh, is he in the business of giving wisdom? I remember, and God told Solomon, you know, Solomon, ask me what you will. Solomon said, give me wisdom so that I can lead your people well. Guys, listen. Is that what you want? Oh, and God gave him that, and then he gave him what? Other stuff. He gave him other stuff. But he wasn't trying to consume it. The first thing, you know, you know what? What would have happened if Solomon, the first thing Solomon asked for, give me houses, give me wives, give me... We, we would have been reading a different story. Absolutely a different story. But what did Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom. Hold on to that. Put a pen right there. Because we're going to come back to it. He asked for Wisdom. Ask with the proper motive. Obedience. Obe- Let's look at this obedience. Obedience, we have to obey. We have to be obedient to his will and his way. In order to receive, we got to be obedient to his will and his way. Turn to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And let's look what the scripture said, tells us in 1 John chapter 3. Let's look at verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence toward God. Why would your heart condemn you? Why? Your heart will condemn you if you are disobedient. (laughs) If you're disobedient. Your heart will condemn you if you're his, if you're a child, if you're one of the children. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. You can have confidence when you're obedient. Not so much confidence if you're disobedient. So then, you got to, then you really got to rely. You have to beg and you have to rely on the mercy of God. Who can receive? We're talking about who can receive. And who and whatsoever we ask. Now listen, this, this flows right in. If your heart doesn't condemn you, then you have confidence toward God. That means you are obedient. And then it says, what? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because what? We keep his commandments and do those things that are what? Pleasing in his sight. There it is right there. There it is right there laid out for you. I don't know how plainer it can get. I don't know how plainer it can get. It says that we have to obey God's commandments. So when you're walking around, (laughs) obey God's commandments. So when you're walking around with unforgiveness, that's against God's commandments. (laughs) That's against his commandments. When you're walking around and you're not loving your brother and your sister, and what is the greatest commandment? It says to love the Lord your God with all. When you have a divided heart, 
That's not loving the Lord your God with all. You're going against the commandment of God. When you are not loving your brother or your sister as yourself, you're going against the very commandments of God. You have to take, look, again, don't consider the, the mouth that is in somebody else's eye. Consider the beings that are in your own eye. And then, and then tie it into, why am I not receiving what I'm asking for? Tie it all in. It, it flows all, all, it flows all together. It flows all together. Look at this in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 33. 6 and 33. And the scripture reads, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All what things? We're not going to go up there, but you can read the other verses, 29, 20, uh, 29 30, 31. It, you know, eating, being clothed, all of those things, all of those things, they belong to us. It says, it shall be added unto you. If you what? If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Listen, that is his will and that is his way. Oh, listen, that is his will. When you seek ye first the kingdom of God. What have we been talking about? We said the kingdom principles, all that God has laid out, the commandments. That look, the king is the one who makes the commandments. The king is the one who makes the commandments. And listen, in a natural kingdom, you go against the commandments of the king, and you are in so much trouble, lotto trouble, a lotto trouble. And here, what is God saying? Well, you're in a lot of trouble with him. But guess what? It's, you're in trouble because of your own sake. Because now you're going to be asking. You're going you're gonna to ask. And your prayers are not going to make it past this ceiling. They're not going to make it past the ceiling. Seek ye first the kingdom... And his righteousness, that is his will and that is his way. That is what he has laid out for us to prosper us. Obeying his commandments. That's what he laid out. Listen, tie this in. Tie this in with the tithe, the, the, the message, the message, the series that our pastor did on the tithe. <laughs> tie that in. Our sacrifice, the things that we do. Our giving, giving as unto the Lord, and it's not, it's not, it is not the the money, it's not the the the, the value, the dollar value. It is what is the heart of what you're doing. It is it's your giving. It's the heart in which you're doing it. That's seeking first the kingdom and His way. Tithing is His way. Why? Because tithing is a part of how we take care of this local body. The kingdom, so the kingdom of God can prosper, can grow. The word has to go forth, and it goes forth in this place. So when you tie, when you tie, when you sacrifice to get up to this place, so that the word can go forth and the kingdom can be advanced, you are positioning yourself.
to receive from God. He causes you to superabound. He gives and he keeps on giving. Causing you to superabound. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Let's, let's look at this example. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Oh, I heard this. I've heard this before. I've heard it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've heard it before. Take an examination. Think about all the things that you've been praying about. Then make another box. List those things on the other side of the page. Check them off. How many can you check off? Okay. I've heard this before. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 14. Start reading it. We'll start reading at verse 14. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate. And this is, this, this, this is, is Paul talking to the Philippines. So he says, notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. That means he's, they're taking care of it. Now, ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. But ye only. He says, no other church did, but you did. In what? In giving and receiving. What was Paul doing? Paul was ministering the gospel. He was going from place to place. And they were supporting him. They were supporting him financially. So that you know, the people that he was going to see. Listen, listen, the gospel is free. You don't want to go in some place and try to charge somebody to minister the gospel to them. That's just crazy. Because it's about the lives of people. It's not about filling your pockets. And Paul, listen, he was about the business of Reconciliation. That was his concern. Now this church, the Philippines, this is what, so verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you said once and again. They kept on support, not just a one one time offering. They They gave and they kept giving. For even in Thessalonica, you said once and again unto my necessity. What I needed, you supplied. Why? Because I was out ministering the gospel. You were supporting God's will and his way. You were being obedient and you were supporting God's will and his way. Not because I desire to give, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Look, there it is right there. You gave and you kept giving. It's not about me. I'm not asking you for nothing. But you you so fit to give to my necessity that I may continue the work of the Lord. He says, and that fruit is going to abound to your account. It's going to abound. I'm giving to you. You are making sure that, and you listen, you're sacrificing and you give because you listen, listen, a lot of times we don't want to give if it's not going to come back to us in return. Sacrificial giving. I'm giving, I'm giving, but I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything, but what? This is going to help benefit somebody else. I'm supposed
disappointing Paul because Paul is the one preaching the gospel. It's going to support. I love God and I love what he's doing. I'm loving him with all my heart, my mind, my soul. I love my neighbor as myself. And just like I got the gospel, I want them to have the gospel. I'm going to give and support. Nothing coming back to me in return. Nothing. Nothing coming back to me in return. That's a heart. A heart of obedience. I just want to obey. It is God's will that we support the ministering of it. And this is just an example. This is an example. But again, think about, think about everything that I've been asking for. I just want you to think about it. You've got to examine, examine. This is part of examination. So we're giving you all these things. You've got to examine. Where am I missing? Lord, where am I missing? Show me where I'm missing it. Open up your ear. Listen, God is talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to somebody. It is God's will that we support the ministering of the gospel and the body of believers, even in our giving. It causes fruit to abound on your account. What is fruit to abound on your account? It's a harvest. It's a profit. It's it's an advantage to your reckoning. An advantage to your reconciling, your balancing. It's a score. It's on your account. It's on your account. When you give, sacrificially, when you give, not wanting, not wanting anything in return, just to support the work and the will and the ways of God doing things His way. It's going to cause fruit to abound to your account. We're talking about how we are to receive. What is the guideline for receiving? Our giving is a sweet smell. It's a cherished odor. It's a sacrifice that's acceptable and well-pleasing to God. It's well-pleasing. And we, talk, we look at the scripture before. What did it say? It it talked about well-pleasing. When we follow God's command, when we do God's commandments, and we do what's pleasing in his sight, we can ask, and he's going to give it to us. We can ask, and he's going to give it to us. And because of these things, God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Tie this into what you heard on Sunday morning. If you don't see Christ doing it, then it's not so. <laughs> he says that he will supply your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What are the riches that Christ has to give? What are those riches? His riches are grace. He's rich in grace. He's rich in knowledge. Rich in wisdom. In every scripture that we see, remember I told you, Ty, look to see what was being given. Look to see. Nowhere did we see house. Nowhere did we see car. Nowhere did we see money. We didn't see any of that. None of that. But guess what? 
That does not mean that God is not concerned with your financial stability. Why? Because you need to live and you need to give. But he's not giving you money. But guess what he will give you? He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you knowledge on what to do with those finances. That's what he's giving you. So you can work. You can apply the knowledge that you receive of God when you ask in faith and believe. And guess what? You shall receive. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you strategy. On how to handle your finance. And if you, ha- if you know how to handle your finance, giving you some, some, some knowledge about, about uh, uh, um, stewardship, then you'll be in a better position. Financially or otherwise. Remember what God is giving. What is he in the business of giving? Supply. What does that supply mean? mean. Uh, He says in verse 19, he says, but my God, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Supply means to make full. He's going to supply. He's going to make full. He's going to fill up. He's going to fill to the full. He's going to fill to the full. He's going to cause to abound. He's going to furnish. He's going to liberally give. He's going to make complete. He's going to accomplish. He's going to bring to pass. That's all supply. That's, that's all in supplying. He's going to bring it to pass. He's going to accomplish it. He's going to make it complete. He's going to make it full. He's going to fill it up. He's going to fill to the full. He's going to abound. He's going to make, he's going to supply what you need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. See, I know some people can't get excited. Some people can't get excited about that. They can't get excited about that. But guess what? Guess what? If you can't get excited about that, that tells me that you haven't experienced it. That's, that's, that's really all that that tells me. That's really all that that tells me. Because when you have gotten some knowledge from God, when you've gotten some wisdom, when you've, when you've got some, some grace and you see the grace of God, when you see the grace of God upon your life, God's grace, His ability to do in and through you what you could never think to do. You would never be able to do. Without his power, without his strength, without, without him being able to do it. Listen, when you have gone through the hardest of times, and his grace, his strength and his ability has helped you to get it out. When you've cried out to the Lord because you didn't know what to do, and he supplied an answer for you, and you followed that answer, and then you saw... That God had already worked it out. All you had to do was just go and obey. And God had already worked it out. That's his riches, his grace. 
That's his riches, his wisdom and his knowledge. Listen, wisdom. Wisdom is better. Grace is better. I don't care what I don't have. God's grace makes up for whatever it is that I'm lacking. And that's why I said if you can't get excited about God's grace, that means you have not experienced it. There's no way I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I have tasted and seen that He is good. I have tasted and seen that when I follow His way, when I do things His way, at the time that you're doing it, it may not seem like that that's really the way. Lord, is that, is that really it? He said, yes, just follow. You worry, you're worrying about the wrong thing. You're worrying about the wrong thing. You're worrying about if it's going to work out. Instead of worrying about just obeying me. That's all you got to do. That's your peace. Let me do what I do. And you just do what you need to do. And that's obey. And then you shall ask and you shall receive. He's going to give liberally to those who ask, who obey in faith, who obey. He is going to supply what you need. Ask with his will is your guide. Look at First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. Let's look at verse 14. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. You got to ask according to his will. And we found out what's according to his will. Asking in faith. What's according to his will? Asking. What's according to his will? Being obedient. What's according to his will? Asking for wisdom according to his will. Asking for knowledge according to his will. Lord, help me to be fruitful. Help me to be more like you. It says what? Seek ye first the kingdom and righteousness. His righteousness. God, help me to be fruitful. I want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. I want to be just like you. I want to have your character. I want to have your conduct. Ask what you will. Oh, I don't want to ask. I don't want to ask for that. No, because you're spending so much time asking amiss. 
You spend so, so, so much time asking the miss. You asking for the wrong thing. That's why you're not getting. Did you not get any? Did you not get that from what from all that we've already seen? But then it says, but listen, all is not lost because what did it say? It says that if you seek ye first the kingdom, you got to have the proper mode. I listen, Lord, I I want to do, I want to do your will. So that that's gonna come. And so no, you can't, you can't just obey the word. You can't just uh, uh, say that you're seeking. You can't just say the word, I'm seeking. So, you know, you can't, you have to do. God, look, God is not mocked. You got to do it with sincerity. I know we haven't gotten there yet. You got to do it with sincerity. Turn to Isaiah chapter 28. So, seeking. So we saw in Matthew chapter 7, where it says, in Matthew 7, we saw where it says, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So asking is one thing, but seeking and knocking, that implies something beyond asking in prayer. Seeking and knocking. It implies something beyond asking in prayer. This brings revelation to Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28. And we're going to have to end with this scripture. Isaiah 28. And let's look at verse 9. 28 and 9. And the scripture reads... By this, therefore, shall the iniquity of Jacob be purged. Am I in the right place? No, no, no. No, I'm in the wrong place. Whom, verse 9, 289, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. He said it again. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. He said it's precept upon precept. He says here a little, there a little. He says line upon line. And who shall receive? Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? He says, you got to keep asking. You got to seek. See, listen, seeking and knocking is active. It's active. It's not passive. You must seek for what you're asking for. (laughs) Oh, that's a concept. You must seek what you're asking for. And remember, what, what we, we already talked about, what should we be asking for? Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, fruit of the Spirit. Those are the things that we need to be asking for. But when we ask, we got to seek those things. So you can't just ask for knowledge, but then you don't spend no time reading your Bible. 
You don't spend any time listening to the word. You don't want knowledge. You said you you asked, but you're not seeking. And what do we say? Seeking. We said praying often. We got to seek often. Seeking is not one time. Listen, if you're looking for your keys and you're seeking your keys, you're going to seek them until you find them. Because you want those keys. Because you need those keys. Because you desire those keys. So if you're asking for knowledge, then you need to be seeking knowledge. Seek it until you find it. Seek it until you find it. That means you want it. That means you desire it. That means you're after it. That means you need it. Just like you need those keys. Ask and seek. And I'm out of time. But God is not done. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.